I'm Richard Brown, Chairman and CEO of JMBA Financial Advisors in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast being recorded on June 10th, 2021. Today's conversation focuses on inflation and how our team is viewing the recent economic news and activity that is contributing to the Main Street conversation. I'm joined by my colleague, David Webb, Director of Investment Management and a leader of our investment committee. David, along with our team, actively discuss investment and planning strategies with individuals and families to help them achieve their personal goals. Good morning, David, and thank you so much for joining me. Good morning, Richard. Thank you for having me. David, in May, we saw the hottest inflation figure since the early 90s, which results in a great deal of financial market volatility. What's going on with inflation? So the most recent consumer price index figure of 5% uh, just released uh, is really a byproduct of what looks to be the fastest recession recovery in the global economy in 80 years. And then specifically in the U.S., real growth estimates are coming in north of 6%, which is about triple the pre-pandemic rate as we've seen coordinated monetary and fiscal policies really goose demand. So while there are many factors that influence inflation, We'd really probably like to call out three in particular, the base effect as well as supply and then demand. So first, uh, the widely discussed base effect. In other words, what we saw in the form of abnormally low prices one year ago has a mathematically driven uh, impetus to push up the rate of inflation. And eventually those figures will fall out of the data series at some point in time. Uh, And that's one of the things that the media seems to be focused on quite a bit. Uh, But we also think supply is quite important. What we saw last year, manufacturing firms really cut production to the bone in order to simply survive. And they were caught flat-footed by the strength of the economic recovery. And many of their customers have not only decided to try to keep up with demand now, but they've gone one step further and they're building additional inventories uh, to deal with uh, unexpected future um, events. And then on the services side, uh, in the supply, on the supply side, the successful rollout of the vaccine all but really ensures that people would return to their normal spending patterns faster than the hiring processes of many companies could simply keep up. So that's the supply side. Uh, and in turn, we need to address the demand. So as we look at the business side, what we're seeing is an incredible number of companies are taking advantage of low rates to invest in plant and equipment. And as such, there's been a surge in CapEx spending. And then on the demand side, as it relates to consumers, these stimulus checks have really provided them with additional spending power above and beyond their incomes, assuming you know that you, they weren't laid off. So the vast majority of these checks have not been spent. And as consumers begin to feel more confident about the jobs outlook and their income growth prospects, we're seeing a lot of these dollars showing up in the form of strong sales. As you know, there's been a lot of discussion as to whether this elevated level of inflation is transitory or not. David, what does the JMBA Investment Committee think? Sure. Uh, While we believe inflation pressures are mostly transitory, we do continue to feel that inflation might be a little bit higher and last a little bit longer than what the Fed uh, currently anticipates. Uh, that, that being said, we're humble in our forecasting and we're closely watching how inflation sensitive assets are behaving as an early warning system if this temporary bump uh, could be turning into something uh, more than transitory. 
But we do think it's a little too early to, to, to be worried about runaway inflation as this is really just the second month of uh, a CPI print above 4%. And as we mentioned earlier, we believe that the increase is largely being driven by that low base effect that we saw uh, with the abnormally low figures in 2020. And when you smooth it out over two years, inflation looks more reasonable. Uh, just looking at the May figures of one year ago, inflation was one-tenth of 1%. So it was 5% in the most recent month on an annual basis. So if we look at it over two years, we're still tracking in the mid-twos. Now, that being said, money supply growth is, is inconsistent with inflation remaining in the 2% range. So obviously, we can't continue these policies forever. But we're confident that most of the supply bottlenecks and labor shortages that we're seeing will likely improve over the next couple of quarters. And, and that's for a number of reasons. We'll, we'll see enhanced unemployment benefits expire this fall. And at that same time, schools will begin to reopen in person and a lot of childcare issues will be alleviated for, for people that would want to otherwise rejoin the workforce. And then lastly, of course, increasing vaccinations and falling COVID cases make people naturally more comfortable to return to work. And all the while this is happening, you'll see the additional spending power of consumers begin to fade with the disappearance of these stimulus checks and, and in turn, the divergence between production and consumer spending should dissipate and the pricing power of firms should be held in check. These are all great insights, David. Given all that you shared, what's an investor to do in light of this uncertainty? The short answer is a little bit of defense and a little bit of offense. In fixed income, we're avoiding longer duration securities because the Fed's committed to staying on hold until the jobs market has fully recovered. And we're still seeing, you know, roughly seven to eight million people on the sidelines versus what was the case before the pandemic. But as an investment organization, we're not hiding in cash either uh, because we believe the economic recovery that we're seeing now will replace the stimulus. And instead of augmenting growth uh, that would otherwise cause runaway inflation, we'll have a more uh, sustainable uh, recovery where some of these fears recede. And uh, so, so then really to, to play a bit of offense, there's a variety of ways you can do this. And we own a number of inflation hedges in a very diversified manner, uh, really because the cause of inflation may be manifold. Uh, for instance, if the economy continues to go gangbusters, natural resource equities, companies that produce uh, agricultural products, uh, metals of various sorts that could be used in uh, electric vehicles, as well as oil and gas, all those areas should do quite well. Uh, on the other hand, if rates begin to go up, our floating rate note exposure does particularly well. Last year, we added real estate as a hedge to our real assets exposure at the expense of fixed income. And we've been participating in that run up now for the better half of the last six to nine months. And then we have gold too. So um, we've got a variety of, of hedges in that space, but it's taking a large step back, the best hedge against mild inflation is really stocks themselves. And, and within that area, we're tilting to value stocks. Those are the types of companies that should not be hit as hard if we do have inflation uh, as the growth stocks would otherwise be impacted. And a number of them should get an additional boost to their growth just by being a little bit more cyclically sensitive. Uh, so we feel we've got a, a variety of our bases covered there uh, because the future is unpredictable. Uh, but this does provide us with a reasonable degree of confidence that we'll be able to navigate through uh, whatever we see in the coming months. 
David, our team does quite a bit of modeling and projection work to help our clients prepare for retirement. How do we account for inflationary environments in our planning? So we reference historical data and projected inflation in order to create an inflation assumption that would impact our projections and allow us to model retirement spending. Uh, currently, that figures at 3%, which is higher than inflation has been the last couple of decades, but it is in line with historical and future expectations. Uh, we also go a step further. We use a lower inflation rate on retirement income sources, such as Social Security, which does embed some conservatism in our projections. And then there are other types of spending or spending goals that, that we model to have higher inflation rates. Uh, for instance, we assume healthcare premiums will inflate at a rate closer to 6%. And then uh, lastly, our investment committees and our financial planning committee work together to validate these assumptions every year to account for changes and expectations to really make sure that we're being rigorous enough with what is uh, a quite critical input to our entire financial planning process. Thank you for sharing our team's perspective on inflation, David. And thank you very much for listening. We hope you will visit jmba.com and tune into our other podcasts. Thank you for your continued trust in JMBA, not just as your financial advisor, but also your advocate. Please reach out if you need anything at all. You can find our contact information at jmba.com. Important disclosure information. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Therefore, it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or undertaken by JMBA financial advisors or any non-investment related content made reference to directly or indirectly in the podcast, will be profitable, equal any historical performance levels, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. JMBA is neither a law firm nor a certified public accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be construed as legal or accounting advice. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information contained in this podcast serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from JMBA. Please remember that it remains your responsibility to advise JMBA in writing if there are any changes to your personal, financial situation, or investment objectives for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, revising our previous recommendations and or services, or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to your investment advisory services. A copy of our current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request. The scope of the services to be provided depends upon the needs of the client and the terms of the engagement. Please see important disclosure information at www.jmba.com backslash disclosure.